morning to each one of you. I would like to welcome you today to our worship service. There are uh, some brief, <clears throat> brief announcements that I would like to highlight uh, for you today. If you are looking for information regarding local church, if we have uh, news or information that you would like to um, read, see where we're coming from, or uh, announcement, I would encourage you, I would invite you to go to PendletonAdventist.org. You can also go on that page, and on the top there's a list of, um, there's a, several tabs. One of them is titled uh, Pastor's Corner. And in the Pastor's Corner, you can click on that and you will go to my page where you'll be able to read different articles, things that I think are useful, appropriate, uh, things that I think are pertinent for us as a people. <clears throat> Uh, if you're also looking for information from Upper Columbia Conference, they generate Upper Columbia Conference announcements. There are handouts here on our table in the fishbowl. So if you're interested in, in finding out UCC news, uh, you can go to UCC's website and you can subscribe or you can sign up to receive emails. I think on a weekly basis, you will get announcements uh, pertinent to, using pertinent a lot, appropriate to um, UCC type information. I mentioned the table out here in the fishbowl. On the table, there are several documents that we have printed off. Judy has printed off, and I would like to thank her very much for doing that. Um, printed off some information. So in here, there's a getting started with Adventist giving. If you are not giving tithes and offerings, but you want to, there is a slip of paper you can go in and get and follow through the instructions on how to uh, start giving online. There's also in the fishbowl a an offering schedule. What are we What are we uh, taking up offering for today? So today we look at our calendar. It is July, July 18. Find July 18. July 18 local church budget. If you have any questions about local church budget, what we support or what you would be supporting is keeping our lights on, uh, keeping the building when we are attending cool or heated, uh, keep our water bill paid, electric bill paid, all those things. We are in COVID right now, COVID quarantine, so we're not meeting, but all those things still need to be paid. So we look forward to your gift. Um, we look forward to seeing how God blesses 
Uh, also, we have sent out a newsletter. Judy's mailed those out, and she has incl included in the newsletter where we are financially with the church. So we are falling uh, a bit short. I would say half of what were needed. So I would encourage you to look and see um, how you can best help. Ways to help, uh, of course, the um, online giving. That's a great way. But you can also come Sabbaths from 10 to 4. Every single Sabbath, the fishbowl is open. So if you uh, have a tithe envelope that you filled out, if you don't have a tithe envelope, there's tithe envelopes on the table. You can come in and fill it out and drop your tithe envelope through a little window or a little door in, or a little flap in the door that uh, Dale Jenner has, has installed. Slip your tithe envelope in there and uh, your funds will go to support the church. You can also mail your tithe and offering. And mail it to the church um, and it will be used there as well. So we are current living in a, a pandemic um, on the table in the fishbowl. <laughs> Keep referring to the fishbowl. A lot of good information on the fishbowl, in the fishbowl. There's a document titled Adventists in the 18, uh, 1918 Influenza Pandemic. Uh, I found this document. It's a really great article uh, written from the NAD on how we as Adventists uh, dealt with and worked in and through the pandemic. Uh, there was a lot less hand-wringing from, from the information presented in this document. There was a lot less hand-wringing. There was much more willingness to work with and work through this, the pandemic of that time. And so that's actually when a lot of the um, health ministries programs, that's when they started. A lot of them started during that time because the, the congregation, the church congregation at large said, yeah, this is a real problem. We have good information that we can help share. And they started... Number one, they started, or they went to training to, to learn how to mitigate or how to treat um, the effects of the, uh, the Spanish flu or the pandemic at the time. So how can we apply that to now? A lot we can do. Um, Hand-wringing, I don't think, is very productive. Um, I think it's very important that we uh, work uh, together. We may not always agree on everything, but it's very important that we work together through this whole process. There's been a lot of conversation generated regarding the, the mask. Um, I have since started wearing a mask. Uh, my dad, when he was alive, he worked in a wood shop. He had a wood shop in the basement of their house. And he would go down and he, he would turn on his lathe and he would, 
he would work and make dowels and different things. He would get out his tools and he would work the wood and he would get sandpaper after it was done and he would sand on the dowel that he was, he was making. There was one thing that he was always wearing. He was always wearing a mask. Because he knew that while a mask does not stop everything, a mask does stop most things. Um, so it's important as we look at our masks. I posted a really gross video on Facebook that illustrated this point. Talking, the, 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 the broadcaster, or the one doing the interview, he spoke, he sang, he coughed, he sneezed. And at the ends, different distances from him, they placed little Petri dishes. One with a mask, or, or half with a mask, and the other half without. It's quite shocking to see the difference. While a mask does not stop everything, a mask reduces very much both the outgo as well as the inflow. So I would encourage you, as you go out into the community, as you go into the stores, as, as you walk your streets or whatever, uh, don a mask. It is important. We are living in the dust, right? And so it's important. So how does it apply to us today? As Christians, as we look at our Bibles, what does that mean? I mentioned Peter, or not Peter, I mentioned Romans, Romans 13, last Sabbath. This is a different author. Uh, this author is Peter. So Peter and Paul had very, very, very similar perspectives. I would invite you to open your Bibles to, to 1 Peter chapter 2, and I will read 11 through 17. This is not the sermon. This is just an announcement. <laughs> um, 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 through 17. It's very important for us to understand this. Peter, uh, Romans chapter 13, 1 through uh, 7 is important for us to understand. 1 Peter 2, 11 through 17 is also very important for us to understand as well. It says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if, you, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Verse, verse 13, For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as your head of state as head of state, uh, it doesn't matter if we like Governor Brown or not. Peter is saying whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those 
who do right. It doesn't matter if it is a liberal governor or a conservative governor. Uh, Paul mandates. He warns us. He warns us to follow what they they say it is it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you are we law-abiding citizens or are we not if we are they have nothing to say for you are free yet you are God's slaves so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil Respect, verse 17 says, respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God, he concludes, fear God and respect the king. I hate wearing the mask, right? But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I hate it or like it. Right? These things are very effective. I read a lot of peer-reviewed articles yesterday uh, that talks about the effect or the use, usefulness of wearing a mask. Uh, it is quite staggering how uh, we can, or the effect that we can have, both on ourselves as well as, as each other by wearing or not wearing. As of July 15, 2020, Governor Brown has issued a press release for the state of Oregon. She states, and I quote, masks, face shields, and face coverings are currently required statewide for indoor public spaces. For example, grocery stores, pharmacies, public transit, personal service providers, restaurants, bars, uh, retail stores, etc. In addition, face coverings are required in outdoor public spaces when physical distancing is not possible. In this vid video, they, they illustrated the difference in physical distancing, whether it was one foot or six feet. We wonder and kind of laugh at the six-foot distance, and they actually... Uh, they, they actually illustrated that point. The Petri dishes six feet and more away had little to no uh, little growths of microbes uh, with or without a mask. Whether the individual is wearing a mask or not, the further away you are from an individual, the less, the less particulates, floating stuff uh, you get on you. The article continues, children over the age of 2 and under the age of, of 12 are recommended, right, but not required. Have you ever had a 3-year-old and told them to wear a mask? Right, to wear a mask, uh, face shields or face coverings. People with disabilities or medical condition may request accommodation from the business if they cannot wear a mask, face shield, or face covering. We live in a nation of liberty, right? Our founding documents, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But my liberty be, be, or ends, my liberty ends when yours 
begins. As someone stated, the liberty I have to punch you in the nose stops at the beginning of your nose. So as I speak, it is expected of me to wear a mask because those, as it goes out, affects, affects you and hits you in the nose. So it's important not to hit each other blatantly or otherwise in the nose with our spittle. <laughs> Before we go any further, I would like to uh, have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, it's good to be here today. I pray that as we share, as I present the message from the book of Jonah, I pray that you guide, direct as I speak. Guide and direct the hearer. May we see and understand the message that you have for us today in the book of Jonah, chapter 2. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we're covering the book of Jonah, Jonah, chapter 2. I would invite you to get your Bible and read with me the book of Jonah, chapter 2. I've titled today's sermon, Repent. As I look at this book, and as I hear the voices, right, in the estimation of many, Jonah was a poor choice for ministry. He was not good enough. He he was not above reproach. He was unwilling to preach. And when God tapped him on the shoulder, Jonah was not jumping up and down saying, Oh, 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 here I'm. Here I am. Pick me. Let me do it. Instead, Jonah opted to not just run away from God but he ran in the opposite direction of where God was leading him, refusing to reach out to the people of Nineveh to the point of even suggesting that if he be thrown overboard, and I would contend overboard and drown, that is what he would do. Now, to be clear, as we look at this map of the Middle East, Europe, Spain, Italy, God commanded Jonah to go to the Assyrian capital of Nineveh. It would have been a simple or a fairly simple trip. Well, for us in cars, it would be very easy for him a, a measly 500 or a measly 500 miles northeast of Jonah's home in fact Jonah purchased a ticket in Joppa and he boarded a ship to go to Tarshish which would be about 2500 miles in the opposite direction where he was actually being called to go. 
This running from God finally caught up with him. And last Sabbath, we left him falling into the water, into the Mediterranean Sea. There is a belief. There is a teaching that I have heard that people have stated. There is a belief that that when I step out of God's will, when I go into a place where maybe is viewed inappropriate, I go watch a movie or I go into a bar, God leaves me. The angels of God leave me. I'm left alone. There is a teaching that when I go away from God, that finally He won't pester me or He won't go with me. But is that Jonah's experience? Jonah clearly was outside of God's will. Did God stop pursuing Jonah? I think it's very, very important for us to understand this. Jonah was fleeing from God. Jonah was in a ship, in the belly of a ship, sleeping, running from God. Was God still with him? We see that he was, because if we open our Bibles and look back just a few verses, Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Now the Lord had arranged, who arranged? The verse says, verse 17, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Was God with Jonah? Yes, I would say unequivocally, yes, God was with Jonah. God was pursuing Jonah. In the close of chapter 1, God prepares a great fish. And this great fish swallowed Jonah. Jonah's intent, I believe, was death. But God prepares a way of mercy. In chapter 1, the sailors begged Jonah to, to get up. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. We, we aren't told if, if Jonah actually did pray. But now in chapter 2 of Jonah, Jonah is brought to prayer. Is God with Jonah When Jonah was in trouble under the sense of sin and he saw that God was displeased with him, then he prayed. In Jonah chapter 2, we see Jonah cry out from the belly of this great fish. He learned experientially what Psalms chapter 139, verse 7 through 10 actually means. 
Psalms chapter 139, verse 7 through 10, it clearly states, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. And your hand and your right hand shall hold me. Friends, if you go out and you spend time in a theater, what does your Bible say? Friends, if you go into a bar today, what does your Bible say? Jonah had nowhere to run. Jonah had nowhere to hide. The story of Jonah is not simply like reading a newspaper article, reporting the blow-by-blow the blow events as they are unfolding. No, we, we get to pull back the veil. We get to get a glimpse into the, the human experience. We get to see his personal struggle so Jonah prays Jonah chapter 2 starting with verse 1 then Jonah sitting in the belly of a whale or a fish then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish he said I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me I called to him I called to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet, I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sink beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the, in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, but you, O Lord, my God, as I run, as I've fled from your presence, you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. Can you think of an unpleasant time in your life where God used this unpleasant time to refocus your attention back on Him? Charles Spurgeon once said, Some men are brought to God by gentle means. They are drawn by soft but mighty bonds. Still, a much larger class of persons remains. They must not be handled softly 
but must be dealt with heavily. The the picklock will never open their hearts. There must be the crowbar or, or even the battering ram. Some hearts can never be captured for God and for truth except by a storm. A storm sent by God. Jonah chapter 2, verse 7 through 10 continues. As my life was slipping away, Jonah says, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. He understood a verse that would be written a long time following. A verse taken from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, which is our scripture reading for the day. Hebrews chapter 4, starting with verse 14. Again, Hebrews chapter 4, starting with verse 14, going to 16. And it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jonah was in a storm. This was not a storm made by man, but it was designed by God. So Jonah cried out to God from inside this fish, and in his distress he prays. From the depths he calls out to God for help, and God listens to him. God hears. We see Jonah repenting of his sin. The one who repents does not feel entitled to forgiveness. The one who repents does not give excuses for his sin. Repentance involves repentance involves a turning away. Repentance does not justify, but rather owns the sin and admits the guilt before the one harmed and before God. Have you ever been wronged? Someone comes to you and says, you know, I am really sorry for doing blah, 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 but this is why I did it. True repentance does not justify. True repentance says, I'm sorry, 
and leaves it. Repentance is turning from our sin and turning towards God to save us. Repentance means to change the way we think about that sin and look at it for what it is in God's eyes. Repentance involves throwing yourself on the mercy seat of God. Jonah realized that in order to access God's grace, he had to give up his own idol. An idol is something that blocks the grace of God in your life. It's something that comes between you and God. Idols are not necessarily things that are bad or bad things. Even things like your family, your reputation, your comfort, approval, success, and so on and on and on. These can be idols when even knowing our Bible can be an idol. When it becomes your ultimate thing in life. We all have heart idols that exist as functional God. These are gods we, we look to for comfort, satisfaction, honor, security, or reputation. Unless we recognize these as heart idols, we will forfeit the grace that can be ours. When I reject God's grace, I am left with my my own efforts to earn God's forgiveness. And my effort is never good enough. All my righteousness is as filthy rags. When I cling to my heart idols, I, for, I forfeit God's love, God's power, God's assurance, God's acceptance, joy, and righteousness, which is a result of his peace. A statement taken from Faith and Works, page 24. It states, if, if you could gather together everything that is good and, and holy and noble and lovely in man, if I could scrape together all these things in me, that I've done, as I, if I were to build a list of the things that I've done, the positions that I've held, the, the people that I've helped, the prayers that I've that I've said, the verses that I've shared with people, the, the doors that I've knocked at, the, 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 the flyers that I've handed out, the, the sermons that I've preached. If I present the subject to the angels of God as acting a part in the salvation of, of my human soul or or in my merit. This proposition or this, this idea would be rejected 
as treason. The Bible says all my righteousness is as filthy rags. It is only because of Jesus. God forgives. God forgives Jonah. God forgives you. God forgives me because of His grace. God hears the cry. God saves Jonah from the depths. Jonah deserves judgment and death as payment for his sins. But God extends grace. God sends a fish. Grace that, did, that Jonah didn't deserve. Grace that Jonah didn't earn. There are a lot of people that aren't good enough. Like Jonah, we've been running away from God. Have you been running from God? God's forgiveness and grace is available to you. There, there is no one who does not need God's grace. There is no one so bad that cannot receive God's grace. So today, are you running from God? Today, as we open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 62, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 62, verse 12 says, Are you running from God? The question is answered with Isaiah 62, 12. And they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called, sought out. A city not forsaken. Ezekiel 34, 11 says, For those says, excuse me, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my lost sheep and seek them out. Then down in verse 16 it says, I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, and strengthen the sick. Are you running from God? Matthew chapter 18 verse 12 says, What do you think? This is Jesus saying this. What do you think? He says in Matthew 18, 12. The words of God Himself in the form of Jesus Christ says, Are you running from God? Are you in the belly of a great fish. If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine in the mountains and go and search for the one that is straying? Luke chapter 19 verse 10 and I'll close with this verse. 
Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Friends, I'm not sure if you could get any lower than the belly of a fish swimming around in the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea. Slowly being digested. Not sure if you could hit a bottom further down than that. Jesus the Son of Man went to the bars. Jesus, the Son of Man, went into the house of the prostitute. Jesus, the Son of Man, went and spent time with the wine-bibber and the sinner. He went to seek and to save that which was lost. So are you running today? I'd invite you to stop running. Because Jesus is seeking. And he wants you to come home. Let's pray. Father in heaven, The gospel oozes. Everywhere I look through the Bible, the gospel oozes out. Everywhere I look, the gospel is there. Jesus came and he touched my wounds and he healed them. Jesus came and he didn't just touch my wounds and heal them but he sent me out to go and reach the lost I pray as your word goes out as you've promised that it continued to not come back void that the word as it goes out accomplishes the purpose that the word was intended to go out and accomplish. Be with the hearer today. Each one of us as we hear the message from you. I pray that we hear, understand, and respond. In Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen.